You're listening to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, the very best place to break the ice with your favorite players. Now, here's your host, Baltimore Orioles prospect, Nick Hart. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. I am Nick Hart, your host. Thank you for joining us for the latest episode of the Penguins podcast. Gone for two weeks, back again. And this time on the Penguins podcast, my guest is Penguins defenseman Matt Apt. Matt, a long time coming. Had your whole season last year with the Penguins. Didn't get you on the pod, but we made sure to make it happen. Pencil you in this year. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm good. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Now, you said this is uh, your your podcast debut before we went on the air. We had a, oh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Jake Lucchini earlier this year, too, said, my God, it's my podcast debut. He was so excited. (laughs) Or Do you you feel the butterflies in your stomach? I feel some butterflies, yeah. Even more than uh, before a game, yeah. More than before a game. That's (laughs) the intimidating factor of the Penguins (laughs) podcast. This is a serious arena that we play in hockey. No big deal. But this, this is the real stuff. This is when you know you made it. When you're on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you uh, for taking time out of your day to to come on and join me here on the podcast. Um, uh, Right out of the gate, I have to ask you about this because uh, you're from Leduc, Alberta, Canada where the winter weather is always a factor. We just had pretty much our first snowfall of the season this week here in Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. You spent all of last year here in the area, obviously, playing with the team. Mm -hmm. I have to ask you this. As a resident Canadian, how does northeastern Pennsylvania handle snow? And do not hold any punches. Um you know what? Last year we didn't really get very much snow. We didn't, but there was the occasional. We had like a couple dumps. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I I didn't notice anything really out of the ordinary. I mean, I, the road that I that I drive from was wasn't really plowed much, so it was kind of see. I feel like that's hard. every road. Yeah, it was hard to get through. But I don't know. I I thought it was handled pretty pretty good for oh. the most part. All right, because in in Canada they sort of have this down to a science, don't they? I remember yeah, a couple no, years it's pretty, ago. It's pretty good. Yeah, there was a there was a bad snowfall a couple of years ago, and Tristan Jari was looking around like. What the heck is going on? Because he's also from uh, mm. from Canada, out in BC, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh, whenever we get you know X amount of inches of snow, we have this, this, and this, and then yeah. this person gets that, and then you put this on your car, and it's mm-hmm. like you guys have it figured out." What what is the what is the system? He was telling me about like chains and things like that. Um, yeah, I mean they chain up their tires. Usually when there's when there's a big storm coming, they have trucks ready, plows ready. Like, ready to so go. They're ready to go. They work, like, through the night, like, around the clock. And they'll be dumping salt, um, plowing all the highways, plowing in towns, everywhere. Parking lots. Taking just, care of business. Yeah, taking care of business. Yeah, actually, one of my buddies does um, snow removal and stuff. So, I mean, lots of even, like, contractors and people that do landscaping will do snow removal in the winter. Oh, Okay. So they'll get that contracts from businesses to remove snow and what like yeah. a, a business like I don't know like uh I'm selling insurance I'm in an office building and that office building will, yeah. will hire yeah these landscapers and they'll just clear out the yep. the they'll parking just, lot and yep, stuff like clean that clean the parking lot like something like a Wagman's for example yeah 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 that yeah. makes a lot of sense does your buddy like it or does he hate it 
Oh, yeah, he doesn't mind it. It's, it's work. <laughs> yeah, it, it's work. It it pays the bills, I yeah. guess, the, the heating bills in the yeah. winter that I imagine are oh, yeah. not exactly cheap up in Leduc, Alberta. Yeah, yeah. no, they're not. <laughs> so, so up in Leduc, where is that geographically? Because my only points of reference for Alberta are Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah, so I'm like, Leduc is um, from the edge of the city of Edmonton. It's about 10 minutes Oh, so it's basically ten Edmonton. minutes south is, and then you're you're in Leduc. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so I'm right outside of the city. Um, that's where the Edmonton International Airport's in Leduc. Okay. So it's so if you fly to Edmonton, you're actually flying. You're fl- actually in Leduc once oh, you get there, but it's, that makes sense. It's just it's a quick drive to Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, what Avoca to Wilkesbury. Yeah. The, the airport's in Avoca, and exactly. it's ten minutes from Wilkesbury. Exactly. That yeah. okay. So did you grow up an Edmonton Oilers fan? Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah. Yeah. How was that? Um, it was it was good. Um, <laughs> from what I can remember growing up, the Oilers were always decent. Okay. You know, we what year were you born? I can't. Ninety three. Ninety three. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So there I were... mean, obviously, the last like ten years hasn't been the greatest. It's been a bit of a grind. Last ten, I should say, like fourteen. Yeah. Well, because the last uh, year they really did anything was that year they made that magical run to the final yeah, in like against Carolina. What was that? Oh six, the that year was, coming out of the lockout. O- I think it was oh six. Yeah. Yeah, the year coming out of the lockout. So, Ty Conklin and Net, Dwayne Rollison yeah. and Ty Conklin and Net. Dwayne Rollison, yeah. But yes. then ever since then, it's been hard times. Yeah, it has. But I mean, before that, we were kind of consistently in playoffs, out of playoffs, like yeah, fighting for it, fighting for it. So they had an all right team. But I remember that one year was just, like, so exciting. I was, what was I, 13? Yeah, around 13. Yeah. So it was, like, super exciting, like, just the energy from the city. And, like, I remember playing softball in the city during one of the games. And just, like, every goal, like, the whole city would just start honking. And so we're mid-game, and we know You'd that You'd be playing orders. outside softball. Yeah, yeah. and. People would just and people erupt. Would just start celebrating and <laughs> hollering and honking horns. We're like, oh, you Oilers scored. Oilers scored, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goal. Yeah, so it was pretty exciting that year. But Could you feel a vibe if the other team scored? Would people no. start screaming? No, it was only Not celebratory remember, when no. the Oilers scored. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Actually, yeah. you mentioned uh, softball. I, I wondered if there would be a way to kind of segue into this. There was a couple weeks ago in the locker room <laughs> where you were firing around tape balls and the rest of your teammates were fascinated yeah, they at were. the heat <laughs> that you were putting on these balls of tape as you were yeah. sort of pitching them softball style. Where does that come from? Um, yeah, just from playing softball. Um, the way that the pitcher would pitch softball is like a windmill right. pitch. Right. So it's like an underhand swing. And did you see? You saw me do it. A I I, times. I saw you do it a couple of times, yeah, and so it was I mean, actually a sight to behold. So like whenever we like have softball practice and stuff, like I was never the pitcher. One of my good buddies was. Okay. He was obviously, really good at it. But I was I was an outfielder, but I would always just practice it just for the fun of it. With him. I just wanted to yeah. get better at it. Yeah, and it, I guess I'm I'm all right at you it. You obviously <laughs> didn't forget how to do it no. because you just did it like casually it's, with it's a like ball a of tape. It's like a muscle memory kind of thing. Yeah. So it's just. I don't know. Just remembered how to do it. Some serious, serious <laughs> heat, and the guys were fascinated they were, too. Yeah. Some of them it looked like they'd never seen that before. So. <laughs> they'd never seen someone pitch softball yeah, before. Do, do a windmill p- toss. Yeah. They were fascinated. I was. I'm going to be honest. My jaw dropped on one of them too because yeah. it just exploded out of your hand. Have you ever gotten like a, a ray gun out to like test yourself? No, never. <laughs> no, never. No. What about your buddies? Would you ever like try and compete to see who'd throw it the hardest or fastest? Ah, uh, not not really. My oh. my other buddies were. 
they were good at it. They were they really were, good? They were really good at it, yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't compete with them. <laughs> no. You were just hanging around for fun. I was just doing it for fun, yeah. There you go. Well, could they hang with you in hockey? Uh, yeah, for a lot of years, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not really playing competitively now, some of them. Yeah. Well, few but, people do. It's yeah. sort of reserved for, you know, the, the I don't know, 0.1% of people right. that play hockey right. actually go on to yeah. play pro. Yeah, no, they don't They don't really play competitive anymore. Yeah. Just kind of men's league stuff. Hey, also. that's competitive. You you bite your tongue, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it is competitive in a way. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It's not. It's just people take it too seriously. <laughs> so, yeah. So it sort of makes it competitive, yeah. but it's not actually oh, yeah. competitive. <laughs> yeah. In, in the sense of a of skill set, it is right. not competitive. Right. Yeah, let's in say the that. sense of intensity, it can get competitive it can. unnecessarily. It can get fiery. So, yeah. <laughs> Right now, you're worried about uh, the real deal, playing the pro game here, your yeah. second season with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, and yeah. a milestone night for you, really a milestone week for you in general, down in uh, in Lehigh Valley on Friday. You post the first multi-point game of your career, or your AHL career, that is. Then you come back the next night on Saturday, have another two-point game, so back-to-back multi-point efforts, including your first AHL goal. I guess I'll get the easy question out of the way. How did it feel when you saw the red light go on after that shot went in? Yeah, it felt uh, really good. Yeah. It was a big uh, weight off the shoulders. Can you it's can you been... feel it whenever you're you're waiting a while to get that first one? Does it oh, is yeah, it real? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You're always just whenever you get a chance, you know, a good chance, like say you're in the slot and you're you're looking at the goal, you're like, oh, is this going to be the one? <laughs> this and is it. It happened like I I've been snake bitten. You have. So, yeah, it's been – I've hit a lot of crossbars and posts and just been robbed, and it's just been, like, frustrating. That's the thing, because I remember last season, your your rookie season, there would yeah. be – it would be maybe – maybe this is just my memory misfiring here, but I feel like it was, like, once out of every four games, mm-hmm. out of the 60-some that you played, there would be one chance, like you said, it would go off the post or crossbar. Yeah. And it would just be like, this kid – <laughs> could not buy a goal. I couldn't buy a goal. How many posts do you think you hit between game one and now your first goal? I don't know. I'd say at least five. At least I think five it might even six. be more than that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's been a long road. I think how many games has it been? Almost eighty, I bet. It's probably pretty so, close to it because you played uh, sixty plus for the Penguins last year. Yeah. And now this year, fourteen no. or fifteen. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah, we're we're approaching eighty, and yeah. you got it out of the way. I got it out of the way finally. So it feels now the floodgates good. are about to open. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> That'd but be no, great. that felt really good. Yeah, and it seemed like the rest of the boys were pretty fired up about yeah. it too. Ryan Haggerty was standing on the bench like he had yeah. scored whenever you came yeah. by for the fist bump line. Ange gave me a big hug too. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. The boys were excited for me, and it was really cool. <laughs> How many messages did you get after the game? Yeah, I got a bunch of messages. From who? Maybe 10. Um, just friends, family. family? Yeah. Friends yeah. and family, just super excited. Okay, so now let's find where the line of demarcation is. How many of those messages were – well, I'm sure they were all super supportive, but, I mean, mm-hmm. just straight ahead, congratulations, and how many of them were, like, chirps? Like backhanded um, compliments. There's definitely a handful of chirps. You just can't like, get, wow, finally. They're <laughs> unavoidable, aren't they? They're yeah. unavoidable. You can't do anything. Just tough love. Tough that's love. All. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. But, hey, 
You got it now. Oh, yeah. Matt Apt in the goal Fine. column for the Wilkes-Barre Creative Penguins. Big celebration for not just yourself, but but the rest of the team whenever they saw that one go in. A great finish to the month of November uh, overall for the team. That's where we are in the present. I want to sort of rewind the clock back to when you started here with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins because you scored actually pretty early on in one of your first preseason games with the mm -hmm. Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. You came to this team on a tryout. Yeah. Tryout, training camp, you end up uh, impressing the coaches so much so that you played all those preseason games and then got an American Hockey League contract at the end of the training camp. Mm -hmm. But when you first showed up, first walked in the locker room when we're sort of prepping yourself for the first practices, workouts, things like that, is there a, um, a pressure for a player that's coming in on a tryout or does it make it sort of loose, like there's no expectations? Yeah, it's. I think it's a little bit of both, but I was always trying to keep the mindset of like, you know, I'm here – I'm here, like, this is a bonus being here. I'm on a tryout. Mm -hmm. um, you have nothing to lose. I have nothing to lose. Right. So I'm basically just out there trying to, you know, you need to get noticed in some way or other. Mm -hmm. So I was just trying to do everything I could to get noticed. And, I mean, you got nothing to lose, so you can play a little loose. Yeah. And like you said, you got, you got nothing to lose at that yeah. point, too. You're just trying to catch the eye right. of the coaching staff GM exactly. somebody get get some sort of attention mm -hmm. even there are players you know that'll, that'll come into a training camp they might know that in the numbers game they might not make the team but hey right. I'll, I'll make an impression for the future maybe I can exactly. be the first one called up at what point did you realize hey I have a pretty good shot at actually making it on this team at what point in the camp did you actually did that sort of click um yeah maybe it was after the first preseason game just um you know, you always think, you always have these expectations of how the game's going to be, like the American Hockey League, like these are all really good players. And right. then you, you kind of go out there and you're like, wow, like I can play here and I can excel here. So then you kind of just you gain confidence, I guess. And you just keep rolling with it. And that first game is the one where you were like, you yeah, know what? Like, you know what? Maybe We're I, cooking with fire here. Yeah, like maybe I can do this. Maybe I can make the team and maybe I can stick here. And so. you did. Yeah, and I did. <laughs> you did, and now here you are once again with the Wilkes-Barre yeah. Scranton Penguins, your second season. Um, yeah, as you've, you've spent time with the team, uh, endeared yourself to the locker room and things like that. Well, there's that brotherhood, that that fraternity. Guys on a team, mm -hmm. they always they always seem to get along. Seems like this is a really good group this year. Mm -hmm. But hockey nicknames are sort of part of the culture yeah. at this point, and a lot of guys have just the lamest nicknames in history. Like what? Um, everyone knows you just add a Y or an S yeah. at the end of a name or something like that. Andrew Agazino is just Aggie. Sam Militech is is Millie. Yeah. Angelo is just Ange. Lafferty laughs. You know, go on down the line. Yeah. At some point, you earned a nickname that was a little bit outside the box. <laughs> do, are you okay with us talking about this? Yeah, we can talk. About All right. That. What is what? Is, what do most <laughs> of the guys call you? Uh, most of them call me Sergey. Sergey, <laughs> yeah. where does Sergey come from? Um, it comes from them calling me <laughs> a mutsy. All right, so now there's now we have the domino effect of nicknames <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, it's a domino effect. There's a domino effect. So mutsy. Mutsy comes from mutant, which is just kind of <laughs> like a hockey chirp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so you would bet like chirped the tough like, love. They just called you yeah, a mutant. They called me a mutant, and then it <laughs> kind of went to mutsy, and then it went to mutsonoff. Mutsonov? They just yeah, Russianized it? They Russianized it. I actually do have a little bit of Russian in me. Oh, okay. And then so they, and then it went sense. to Sergei Mutsonov. <laughs> and then 
now I'm just Sergey. Now you're just Sergey. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Did you? Were you at all perturbed whenever they called you a mutant to begin with, or were you just like, no, oh, whatever? It's just playful yeah. stuff. It's it's fun. I'm I'm always I'm always down for chirping and you know jabbing each other. But this is next level stuff, like chain reaction nickname. Yeah. Like oh, I've never is. I've never seen it go this far down the line. The the closest yeah. I've ever seen is uh, Madison Nickel, the old video coach with the yeah. Penguins. Everyone called him Diggs because yeah. he was Madison. They called him Mad Dog, Mad Diggity Dog, and then just Diggs. Diggs, yeah. yeah. You have oh, yeah. Matt. <laughs> you start as Matt Apt, <laughs> which becomes Mutant, Mutsy, Sergei Mutsanov, which is brilliant in its own right, which is now just shortened to Sergei. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of nicknames. <laughs> You've had a lot? Oh, yeah. What was your nickname in college when you were at RIT? Uh, Mapter. After? Okay, well, that's yeah, the simple Apter, one. Yeah, Mapter, um, I've been called Aber, Abdelkader. Abdelkader, um, that's right. I remember Joseph yeah, Cramarosa throwing that one out there. I'm kind of drawing a blank right now. <laughs> There's been so but many. There has been And a we've lot. already run through like 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. I love whenever – I think everybody does – loves when a nickname is a little bit more – outside the box when it's not the usual you know add an s add a y or what have you i mean joseph blandisi you know blender blender everyone loves blender yeah that's a good one the fans all love it there was one game oh who are we playing we were playing springfield this year and we have like the crowd mics hooked up on the boards we're one of the buildings that is the crowd mics on the boards not like hanging down from above so occasionally there's a lull in the action and someone says something really loud, the crowd might go pick it up perfectly. Oh, really? And there was one guy, this one guy we were playing Springfield earlier this year, and he just loved himself some Joseph Blandisi, loved himself <laughs> some Blender. There would be a whistle breaking the play, getting set up for the faceoff, and then I would stop talking because I'm waiting mm-hmm. for you know what, what's going to happen on the faceoff, and this guy would just go, Hit him with the blender. <laughs> and you could hear it clear as day. Really? And it's like, what in the world? And he kept doing it over and over again or say something about blender. That's funny. Every time Blandisi was on the ice. So maybe we'll, maybe yeah, we'll get some Sergey chants going the next <laughs> couple of games. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Bring some Russian flags, just Sergey. Guys yeah. on the other team will be like, what is happening? There is no Sergey on the roster. Who is Sergey? Who is Sergey? <laughs> well, now they need to know because Sergey's filling the back of the net for the Wilkes-Barre <laughs> granted penguins oh that's phenomenal what about yeah. the what's the what's the apt family unit like you talked to me you got some great uh congratulatory text after that mm. first goal uh you got any siblings what's the what's the yeah format? i have two older brothers two older bros yeah, jordan and ryan jordan and ryan they play hockey they yeah they do they are two years jordan's two years older than me and ryan is five years older than me okay so Jordan Jordan plays pro in uh, England actually. Oh, nice the yeah. the UK league. The, yeah, the, the UK IHL? league. Yeah. Awesome. What team does he play for? Uh the Guildford Flames. Does he like it? Yeah, he loves it. Yeah. Second year there. Yeah. Yeah. He, he loves it out there. Lots of uh, there's a lot of guys on his team from the Edmonton area. Okay. And Calgary. So and some guys that he's played with at school too. So. They, uh, yeah, they love it out there. They get along really well. I've heard some wild stories from that league. Some yeah. like um, different teams, different organizations, just being, uh, you know, uh, like run, uh, run, gritty? So, run, run, kind of gritty. Yeah, sort of, sort of uh, discombobulated at times. But then other teams, other or cities that you go to, mm-hmm. just being like every game's just like a giant party, yeah. and the crowds are super into it because they're used to like soccer and you know chanting right. and singing throughout the entire game, yeah, and they're all. Super, super into it, and it yeah. makes the game so much fun. 
yeah, their culture over there, like their fan culture and sports is just a little different than ours. Yeah? Well, so like, have you got any stories from your brother with the fans? Uh, nothing that I can recall off the top of my mind, but he does say they are very passionate. Yeah. And very into the games. So. When, when they're invested, they yeah. are all in. They're yeah. not dipping their toe into the water. Oh, yeah. They are now your biggest fan. Yeah. Yeah, there is no there is no in-between, I, I feel like, in probably most European sports. Mm-hmm. There is no in-between. Like, oh, I'm a casual fan. Or like, oh, like, I guess I'll watch Lakers games when I'm up late. Yeah. Something like that. It's like, my team is playing on Saturday. I'm going to go out and watch the game with my buddies, or I'm yeah. going to go to the game or something, and I'm going to sing, drink, and be merry the entire time. Yeah. They're crazy. It's good, though. It's good. Yeah. Good crazy. Good crazy. (laughs) The good crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he loves it over there, so. He loves going to Belfast. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, I've heard that's a great one. So he said that's a cool city to play in. And actually, um, that just uh, reminded me, Casper Bjorkwist was just telling me the other day, so he in Providence uh, last year or two years ago. Oh, right. Did the, yeah, the tournament uh, over there. They do a college hockey tournament over in in the UK, and he said it was like the greatest experience of his life. Really? Yeah, he said that the fans were, were super into it, even though they have, no connection no to any of the, the schools. Like, That's why sick. would someone in Belfast really care about St. Lawrence University right. or Providence College? Yeah, no. No reason to care, exactly. but they were just there for the games. They That's loved the awesome. sport. They were having fun. He's singing the entire yeah. time, and he said, away from the rink, they had a, they had an awesome time too. Yeah, I think I'll he said it was around Thanksgiving time, I think yeah. he said. So, like, he was like, hey, me, and, me and the players, we all celebrated Thanksgiving in the U.K., where – they don't really even celebrate Thanksgiving to right. begin with, so we were all just sort of figuring it out, and it was a blast. Wow. Yeah, that is cool. That would be a cool experience for him. When you were at RIT, did you do any sort of uh, funky tournaments like that? Because I know these these college we... hockey tournaments that I put in air quotes right now, people can't see because this is an audio medium. These tournaments, they're sort of just kind of put together one location. You play two, maybe three games, and then whoever yeah, has the best record, games. you just declare, yeah, you just kind of declare the winner. Yeah. But they hold them in a bunch of different locations. The Bean Pot, I think, is the most famous one. Yeah. But then there's the Three Rivers Classic in Pittsburgh. They now do this one yeah. in the U.K. Um, I feel like they're all I over the place. I played in the Marucci Classic, which what is, is that? in Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota Gophers. Okay. That was my f- freshman year. Okay, so right out of the or, gate. Yeah, that was my freshman year. Okay. Yeah. Who else was in it? So, obviously, um, you guys, the Gophers. Us, the Gophers, Merrimack, and UMass Lowell. Okay. How yeah. did you fare? We, I think we may have beat Minnesota in the consolation. Oh, nice. I th- I think I'm that's sure they were not happy about that, considering yeah, it's no, their tournament and they lose in the consolation <laughs> yeah. game. I think it was in overtime. I can't. I honestly can't remember if we won or, or lost it in overtime. <laughs> you can't remember? No. That's not very reassuring because I feel like an overtime game winner against Minnesota in Minnesota would be Man. something that really <laughs> stands out oh, in your God. memory. I know. Is that the furthest was, you traveled? It was a cool tournament. Whenever you were um, at RIT? Because we, Atlantic hockey is pretty we, centralized, yeah, the, the, the it's, conference. It's Everyone is northeast there. Yeah. Um, except for Air Force, which is in Colorado. Oh, that's right. So they I were in our conference, about so we went there every year. Oh, I completely blanked on Air Force. My mistake. Kind of strange that they're in our, in our conference. It is. Um, you'd think they'd be in like the WCHA, which or is NCHC more Western. Or NCHC or something, yeah. Or NCHC yeah. is more Western, too. Yeah. But, yeah, they're in ours, and we, we get to go there every year, which is always a fun trip. Yeah. So it's 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 nice there. It's in Colorado Springs. So 
It's tough to play there. The ele- elevation. It makes a huge difference. It does. It'll get you. So I think that's been a, a common storyline in sports. Most heard when people go play the Denver Broncos, Mile yeah. High Stadium. Oh, the the air, it's thinner. The elevation, it gets to you. Yeah. Everyone knows that, but I don't think anyone actually understands it until you're actually in it. Yeah, no, it's, it's jarring. It's it's hard, and even like we'd usually go there early and practice for a day, and like even practice was like, okay, this is all right. Like it's not too bad. And you get into the game, and you're just gassed, like. You're out there for 25 seconds and you're just done. Yeah, you're like, you're nope. Like, yeah. I need to get off the ice. Yeah. Have you ever trained with those masks that are supposed no. to like replicate that? No, I've never done that. Oh my good, I Dominic Guerre when he was here, he basically lived in that thing. Really? Oh, I would say maybe every other day. I'm probably exaggerating this in my head, but just the post game lifts, post game yeah. workouts, he would just be wearing that thing because wow. he wanted to, I don't know, get the super lungs. I, yeah, I don't even know what that would help you with, but it's just probably make you feel better once you don't have it on, right? Yeah, so, precisely, yeah. yeah. So then whenever you actually go out in a game or do a workout where you're yeah. not in the simulated elevated air. You're feeling pretty good. You feel, like, incredible. Right. You feel like The Rock. Huh. Yeah, no, I've never tried one of those. It's never tried one of those. No. Uh, we'll have to buy one. We'll have to get my choice <laughs> on that. Joyce will be interested, I bet. I bet he would be. Or probably he might have gotten rid of it because he was like, no, th- I don't like this. He yeah. would have very strong opinions. Yeah. One or the other. One or the other. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned The Rock before. We actually had a conversation about The Rock on the previous episode here of oh, the yeah. Wilkes-Barre Granted Penguins podcast. I will not ask you about The Rock. But what I will do, Matt, is sort of slide into a recurring segment that we have here on the podcast where we have our previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. I heard about this. You've heard about this. I'm sure word has spread around the locker room at this point where guys are looking for tag team partners on the question. I was notified about the question, but I I don't know. He didn't tell me the question, but he said, have fun with this. He said, have fun with this one. Oh, okay. So you know who left you this one? (laughs) Yeah. All right. So so Chase Berger (laughs) drops in and leaves you this one. Are you ready for me to pop the question? I guess. All right. Matt Apt, an alligator... Or a shark, which is deadlier in their natural habitat? Um, deadlier, alligator or shark, natural habitat. So this is not a cage fight between it's, you it's and not a, a shark. Cage you know, fight. No, this is natural habitat. And it's not a cage fight between a shark and an alligator. No, they are not going head to head. It's just what is purely deadlier: hmm. alligator or shark? <sighs> I'd probably go. I'd probably go with a shark. You would say shark. I think so. Now, why? Um, I don't know. They just seem to dominate their their natural habitat, the water. They're top of the food chain. They're top of the food chain, yeah. You know, like what? They're top of the food chain. Who fights back against the shark? I think. I think dolphins or dolphins can fight them off, can't they? They fight them off. I don't know if they. Maybe they I think, do. I think dolphins have some sort of way of like. You know, getting them away. Maybe. But I've never seen that. I don't know. I'd still say the shark's probably the most yeah. dominant. Like number one if is, it comes is, down to it. Yeah, number one is orca whale because they eat sharks. Oh, do they? But yeah, but if there's if there's none in like the area, yeah. then the shark is, is numero uno. The orca whales, that's the black kill- and white one, the killer whale. Yeah, yeah, killer right, whale. Right. Yeah. That's why they are killer whales, because yeah. they kill and eat great white sharks <laughs> like it's nothing. Okay. Yeah, they're the real deal. But if they're not they're not exactly uh in mass supply. Alligators are pretty scary, though. They 
they can see, latch, this is, they can latch on to like your limbs or your head and just right. and they roll they do that roll thing right the death roll the and death roll you're toast yeah, it's you're, game you're over done. it's game over see so this would be my case the case that I would make for alligator mm-hmm. is that if you are in the water and there's a shark in the area okay mm-hmm. that shark is probably going to leave you alone do you think so it's probably going to leave you alone unless it thinks you're a seal and then it's going to take a bite out of you but then be like oh I don't like this like they're not just going to eat you. Right. They might attack you, but then they're they're like, uh, buzz off, I'm out of here. Yeah. You have a chance then. You have a window, depending on your situation, to still survive and get out of it. Mm-hmm. If you get within a certain radius of an alligator, uh-huh. it's not going to leave you alone. Oh, really? You are toast. Oh, yeah. They're persistent. They are persistent, and they are fast, too. It's a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. It's a living dinosaur. It is. <laughs> and like you said, it clamps on and gives you that death roll. Right. You're you're done. Oh, I didn't really know that, like the nature of their. So if you get into uh, so once again, like a shark, a shark could grill. Like they're yeah, they'll like they like okay yeah. I am gonna kill you. Oh yeah. You're, Whereas a it's shark, game over. Shark might not necessarily want to kill you. It'll just yeah, like there's. I don't want to act like sharks are puppy dogs, but you yeah. know you could have a shark just swim past your leg and just move on with its day. That is true. No alligator is gonna brush up against your leg and then just move on Keep with its going. day. Yeah. No, it is like what are you doing here? I hate you. I'm That's either true. Eating you, or I'm just gonna kill you for fun. Can't you? Or I'm um, angry. Can't you like train alligators or crocodiles? Because don't like people at zoos or like. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking like about. Like entertainers, like they'll like open their jaws and then like stick their oh, head yeah. in. Oh yeah, hey be kids, like, hey, look. look at me. <laughs> I feel like that always goes wrong. I feel like people don't do that anymore. No, that's crazy. <laughs> like I guess you can train them to a certain extent, but I would not. Uh, no, I'm not. No, like, thank you. I don't. I've never. I've never seen a shark in some sort of show like that. No, no, <laughs> no one's bothering with that either. No. no one's even bothering. So I guess. I guess here's the thing. So the alligator has that more ornery, aggressive personality. Yeah. It will just tear you to shreds just because you've. I don't know. Walked too close to it or in something. Grill, you, yeah. And you probably didn't even see it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas a shark might leave you alone, but you're also in the water. It's fair game. The shark is in control of the situation yeah, out in the ocean. Definitely. In control. <laughs> And you're still saying shark. I'll I'll stick with my word. I'll I'll just go shark. Okay, so this is now a two-part question. Chase Berger follows up with this: Would you rather be trapped in an alligator-infested swamp or a shark-laden ocean? Uh, Which I would argue is any ocean, but we're talking a high concentration of sharks in, in the, the immediate area, or a alligator-infested swamp. Hmm. Trying to think which one's going to make it uh, quicker and <laughs> less painful. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying I'm screwed either way? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's uh, a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'd go alligator. Maybe I feel like go. that would be quicker. It could be quicker. Because once again, the sharks <laughs> might what – what I think will happen is the shark will take a bite and shark be like, ooh, gross human, I don't then, like it. Yeah. But then you're bleeding, so another shark comes in and is like, oh, wait, I don't like mm. that. And then they just keep – they're almost like death yeah. by a thousand – Shark bites. I don't know. Maybe I'll go alligator. Yeah, alligator way, might be quicker. It's not looking good. <laughs> no, it's really not. You are, uh, you're in a pickle yeah. if you're trapped in either of those situations. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> you know who I give a shout out to? Uh, we've discussed this on the podcast in the past, previous uh, years ago on the podcast. Hippos. Oh, really? I would rather be in a shark-infested ocean, yeah, a alligator-infested swamp, than within ten feet of a hippo. Yeah, aren't hippos like massive mouths and big tusks? Uh, yeah, and they're just so angry. They hate everything. <laughs> I 
hungry, hungry hippos. Yeah, if, if they are, I, they might I'm not even be hungry. hungry. They just want you out of there. <laughs> right. I will. I think we said this before. I'll check the statistics. I never do. Hippos have to account for more human deaths annually than alligators and sharks combined. Really? I, I am. Do not quote me on that. There is absolutely no scientific backing to that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that is a statistic that exists. Yeah, I mean, if they are aggressive and. And people just they don't know. They say, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas, and the hippo's like, good night. <laughs> they could step on you or bite you in half. They'll just trample you. Yeah, yeah you are screwed. <laughs> I want nothing to do with hippos. I would rather take sharks and alligators over hippo. I might have to agree with you on that. I'm glad we reached a consensus. <laughs> well, let's move on to a, another consensus. Uh, Matt, this is a recurring segment that we have on the podcast, another recurring segment. These are all consensus terrible movies we're about to go through a bunch of really bad movies but with a little bit of a twist put your thinking cap on here matt because it's time to play lights camera fiction lights camera fiction all right matt as i said we are about to run through a bunch of really terrible movies All of these movies are real. They're just really bad. But I'm going to read you two plots when we go through these movies. One of the plots is the real movie. The other plot is something that was made up by one of your teammates. You have to tell me which plot is real and which one is just some BS that your teammate made up. So get your BS detector out. It needs to be on high right now because the thing is, these movies are bad. And your teammates got pretty creative whenever we tried to put these together. They're trying to trick me. They're trying to trick you. Will you let them trick you? We'll see. We will see. All right. Well, then, seems like you got the gist of this. Let's play Lights, Camera, Fiction. Matt, our very first movie is called The Secrets. The Secret. This movie came out in 2007. Okay. First plot. Two average American housewives are the best of friends until one of them catches the other cheating on her husband. With no one to confide in, she decides to spy on them and let their affair continue. Hmm. The secret. Interesting. Or is this movie, after a fatal car accident, a mother's spirit magically transfers into her teenage daughter's body. Now the husband must navigate a life where his wife is now his own daughter. The Secret. Interesting. Which one is real? Which one is wrong? The mother died and became the daughter? Yeah, so in the second plot, mother gets into a car accident. Her spirit transfers into her teenage daughter's body. Now the husband must navigate a life where his wife is now his own daughter. In the first one, two American housewives are the best of friends until she catches one her friend cheating on her husband. Mm -hmm. And now she's like, oh, I'm going to spy on them and let it continue which one is real which one is fake i don't really know i just i'm just wondering what happened to the teenager's spirit so i'm well there was a there was a fatal car accident that is at the beginning so i think it's presumed that they both die oh the teenager and the yes they're both in the car accident and the mom goes into the teenager's body oh okay so the teenager and I guess the makes daughter's it out of it. Dead. But, but the yeah. daughter is gone. Yeah, so like the daughter's body oh, survives, okay. but the mom's yeah. spirit okay. lives on okay. Okay. in the daughter's body. Hmm. The secret. This Thinking is a real movie, it. too? This is a real movie. One of these okay. is the real plot to the right, movie. Right, right. 
and it came out in 2007. <sighs> Let's go with the cheating spouse. You think that is the real one or the fake yeah, one? Yeah, I'll go with that's the real one. Cheating spouse is the real one. Matt Apt, you have chosen poorly. Oh. That is incorrect. Shit. Ryan Haggerty came up with that story. Oh, the thanks. real movie, The Secret, is about the mother who transfers into her daughter's body, Shoot. and now the husband has to live with his wife as his daughter. That's okay. But now, right, now you're sort of in the one. groove of it. You understand what we're doing here. Yeah. We're going to go on to this one now. This one is called Old Dogs. Old Dogs, and this movie came out in 2009. First plot, seven years after a short-lived marriage, a middle-aged sports agent discovers his ex-wife had twins. Now he and his business partner must balance parenting with landing the biggest deal their agency has ever seen. Hmm. Old Dogs. Adam Sandler plays a veterinarian who tries to court Jennifer Aniston after he has to put down one of her two pet dogs. Old dogs. I'm going to go with the first one. First one. Sports agent discovers his ex-wife had twins. That's what you're going to go with? Yeah. Can I, can I read it again? Okay. Yeah, sorry. Again. We'll, we'll go with both of them again. Seven years after a short-lived marriage, a middle-aged sports agent discovers his wife had twins. Now he and his business partner must balance parenting with landing the biggest deal their agency has ever seen. Or, Adam Sandler plays a veterinarian who tries to court Jennifer Aniston after he has to put down one of her two pet dogs. Oh, Adam and Sandler and Jennifer Aniston, Aniston have made numerous movies They have made together. many movies. I know, which a is why duo. I could easily be tricked. But your initial gut reaction was to go with the sports agent. Yeah, just because I have have not heard of that other one. You haven't heard of, of, yeah. of the Adam Sandler one. But I know they've made a bunch of movies together. They have. It's tricky. This is not an easy game that we play. <laughs> I'm going to go with the first one. First one. Going with your crazy. first gut reaction? Yeah. You always trust your gut, Matt Apt. You are correct. Nice. You are now one for two in the win column here. Let's that go. is the real movie. The Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston movie was Casper Bjorkquist. Oh, wow. Came really close. That's a good one. Yes, but couldn't get the job done. Now let's move on <coughs> to next. Next is next. This movie came out in 2007. A lot of 2000s mm -hmm. in this round of Lights, Camera, Fiction. First plot. Chris can see exactly two minutes into his future, a skill that he uses to hustle casinos until the FBI tracks him down to try and stop a terrorist attack. Hmm. Next. Or, Will Smith plays a scientist who is fighting a battle against plants, plants that have started to take over the world. He has to find a way to stop their growth before it's too late. Next. I'm going to go with the first one. Why do you like the first one? Because the second one sounds crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they all sound crazy. But you're going to go with the first one? I think so, yeah. Guy can see exactly two minutes into his future, and the FBI tracks him down to stop a terrorist attack. Yeah. Matt Apt, you are correct again. Nice. Two-game winning streak for Matt Apt. Kevin Churchman throughout Will Smith battling plants. Battling plants. But I'm it just... was not <laughs> to be. That's funny. <laughs> On to the next one. We have Who's That Girl? Name of the movie, Who's That Girl? It came out in 2001. Hmm. Who's That Girl? A lonely man falls for his next-door neighbor in his apartment complex, although they've never spoken. 
When she suddenly goes missing, it becomes his mission to find her while also dodging police suspicion himself. Who's that girl? Mm. Or, the son-in-law of one of New York's wealthiest businessmen is sent across the country to pick up a pet cougar as well as a female acquaintance who has a track record for robbery. Who's that girl? So we have man falls in love with his next-door neighbor. She goes missing. And we have wealthy businessman sent across the country to pick up a pet cougar and a female acquaintance with a track record for robbery. I'm going to go with the missing girl is the real one. Is the real one. Yeah. So you got two in a row at this point. Can we make it a streak of three? Who's that girl? Well, that is not the girl you are looking for, oh, Matt Aft. No. That was Anthony Angelo coming up with that movie. The real one wow. is... Guy goes across the country to pick up a pet cougar oh, wow. and a woman with a track record for robbery. So Thanks. it's okay. Back down to 500, though. Two for two so right. far. Halfway through this round of Lights, Camera, Fiction, we got four more movies to go. Right. Let's end on a high note here, buddy. We have Airborne now. Airborne, 1986. Wow. So we're back in the 80s. Right. The good times for bad movies. <laughs> Over the Himalayan Mountains. A skydiver's plane malfunctions and forces him to jump early. Lost in the cold and miles above sea level, he must survive and find a way home. Airborne. Second plot. When he makes the big move from California to Cincinnati, a teenage surfer must prove himself to his peers with skateboarding, roller skating, and racing skills. Airborne. Hmm. So you know all about being suspended high above sea level and the thin yeah. air of the what's first the, plot. What's the, can you read the second one again? I will. When he makes the big move from California to Cincinnati, a teenage surfer must prove himself to his peers with skateboarding, roller skating, and racing skills. Hmm. Airborne. <sighs> I feel like I'm getting tricked on this one, but I'm going to go with the mountain one. Mountains over the Himalayan yeah. mountains. Skydiver's plane malfunctions yeah. is the real movie. That's what you're the saying. Real one? No, that's yeah. what yeah, you're that's saying. That's what I'm saying. It's the real one. Well, you're wrong. I'm yeah. sorry. I knew it. Back to I back, back to back <laughs> beats to Anthony Angelo, who gets you two times in a row. Yeah, that's that okay one didn't though. Feel right. It didn't feel right. The real movie is Surfer moves from California to Cincinnati and has to that's roller skate his way to popularity. But now, well, chance to redeem yourself here. Chance to redeem yourself. We're gonna go with a. The Pirate Movie. This movie is just simply called The Pirate oh, Movie. Wow. Okay? And it came out in 1982. Okay. The Pirate Movie. A teenage girl goes off to sea, chasing after a crush, but when a storm causes her to crash on a desert island, she finds herself caught in a family feud between a handsome drifter and the Pirate King. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's interesting. The Pirate Movie. <laughs> A Dean's List student wakes up from an accident and believes that he is a pirate. Now his family must decide whether to give in to his delusions or send their pirate son back down an academic path. The pirate movie. So we have girl goes off to sea, crashes on a desert island, or Dean's List student wakes up and thinks he is a pirate. Uh, the pirate wow. movie. The Dean's List student thinks he's a pirate. I don't know. These ones are both crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate for a movie just simply titled The Pirate Movie. Um, oh, let's go with the uh, Dean's List student. Is the correct movie. Correct movie. P 
pirate movie is actually about Handsome Drifter and the Pirate King. Matt App, really? you are wrong. Sam Lafferty wow. conjured up Dean's List student, wakes up from an accident. You've, you've fallen apart, my friend. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to here. say it. You hate to see it, but to see it. we still have a few more <laughs> left here. We still have a few more left, a chance right. to redeem yourself Redemption. and get back to 500. Here we go. Okay? This movie is called Little Italy. Little Italy, this one came out in 2018. Wow. Very recent, Little Italy. A family travels to Italy for vacation and steals a magic pasta sauce recipe. When they return home, they open a successful restaurant by using the sauce, but a horrible curse starts to afflict the family. Hmm. Little Italy. Or, two Canadian families who were once friends feud over their different pizza styles. Despite the rivalry, one family's son and the other family's daughter begin a forbidden romance. Little Italy. I'll go with the second one. Second one is the real movie. Two Canadian yeah. families who were once friends feud over their different pizza styles. Yeah. It is that classic Romeo and Juliet format. Little Italy. You are correct, nice. Matt Abt. You got it, buddy. Go. You're Oh, you're feeling it now. <laughs> you're go. feeling it now. Jake Lucchini could not fool you with, with magic pasta sauce and the curse that follows. But you're back in the win column. I am. And with Feels one good. more movie to go. And, Matt, we got a hefty one here. This one is called... Stop, or my mom will shoot. Wow, okay. Stop, or my mom will shoot. What a title. Two exclamation points in this title, and it comes out in 1992. Is this movie about an LAPD sergeant gets an unexpected visit from his overbearing mother? She then quickly finds herself inserted into the action of her son's intense investigation. Stop, or my mom will shoot. Is it about... A group of troublemaking teenagers decide to welcome the new kid to the neighborhood by stealing beer out of the fridge in his garage. However, their plans are foiled by his shotgun-wielding mother. Stop, or my mom will shoot. Wow. So we have LAPD sergeant who gets a visit from his overbearing mother or troublemaking teenagers trying to steal beer out of the fridge in their neighbor's garage. I'm going to go with the first one. First one is the real movie. Why yeah. do you think that? I don't know. Just the second one sounds kind of strange. Sounds strange. I don't strange. see how you can make a full movie out of uh, trying to steal beer out of a <laughs> Fair enough. That's that's what you're going to go with. Matt Apt with a chance to go four for eight. Back to 500. Stop or my mom will shoot. You are correct, oh. Matt Apt. You did it. You pulled nice. it off, buddy. At the end, you redeem what yourself. Would you like to guess as to who left that plot for Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, the fake one? Um, uh, I'm going to stop you there because you're not going to get it. I sort of fibbed. I said I asked your teammates for these movie plots. Yeah. That was Mike Vellucci. Really? That was Mike Vellucci, Penguins okay. head coach and GM, <laughs> who came up with a shotgun-wielding mother trying okay. to stop kids from steal beer from the garage. <laughs> That's hilarious. But – I got him. You got him. Got exactly. Him. 
You can come back to him with that. Try and get yourself some more ice time. Maybe some yeah. power play time now <laughs> yeah, for Matt sure. App. <laughs> but there we go. That's how we play. Lights, camera, fiction. And that was a long round. You really took your time thinking about it. I appreciate yeah. the detail you went into when mulling over your decisions. But with that in mind, we are up against the clock here, Matt. We have to wrap up this episode of the Penguins podcast. But before okay. we do, before we say goodbye, there is one last thing that we have to do here on the podcast. It is the last thing that we do on every episode of the Wilkes-Barre's Granted Penguins podcast. Mm -hmm. This is a little something that we call Penn's Picks. Penn's Picks. Matt, is it this time in every episode of the Penguins podcast where I ask my guest for a recommendation that you can give our listeners? It can be anything in the world, something that you're into lately. It can be something that we already discussed on the podcast. Just something that you feel like they need to know about. What is your pen's pick? Oh, that's interesting. I guess I could recommend something, uh, a TV show maybe I've been watching. Lately. Absolutely. Been we really always get uh, good TV pen's picks here. I've been really into uh, a TV show called Power. Have you Power. Ever heard of that one? I have heard of this. Yeah. Give us, give us a quick elevator pitch for Power. Um, what is the quick plot synopsis? Quick plot, um, big time New York City drug dealer. Um, owns clubs and it's basically just a drama about his life and um, he's, they're just getting into trouble and out of trouble and um, the FBI are chasing them and and that's that's, that's the, that's about the all, struggle for power that's about all I got right now yeah, that's all you struggle got struggle for power yeah where can people watch power uh, I watch it on Hulu alright so yeah. if you have a Hulu subscription yeah. check out on, power uh, Amazon Prime Video too really yeah oh well, if you have Amazon Prime or you have yeah. Hulu or I feel like for whatever reason in my brain, I want to say it's on Stars. Stars. It is Stars. It is Stars. Right. So if You're you have right. Stars in your cable subscription or stars. whatever your provider is, yeah. if you have Stars, Hulu, or perhaps even Amazon Prime Video, as Matt App says, yep. check it out. Hey, check it out. Power is his pen's pick. For me, my pen's pick, I'm going to give a little shout out to those uh, those scrubbers those dishwasher scrubbers that you can put the actual dish soap into the handle and then you press a little button and it kind of squirts out we had our old uh brush break at our at our apartment a couple of weeks ago went a couple of weeks without one that stunk but <laughs> now we got one back we bought a new one bought one of these ones where you put the the soap in it and you little squirt it out oh my goodness it's a game changer for washing dishes so the little dish scrubbers that you put the dish soap in that's that's my pen's pick so that wraps things up for us here on another episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Matt Apt, a wonderful job as my guest today. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and congratulations on your first Thank AHL you. goal. First of many more to come, I hope, yeah, buddy. Hopefully. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, I'm sure the people appreciate it. Getting a chance to get to know you now after one full yeah. season spent with the Pens now and your second season with Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Another episode in the books, but... We're going to take a couple of weeks off, of course, with the, the holidays approaching and the Penguins having more than a handful of games, many of which on the road in the next coming weeks. We'll call it a little holiday hiatus. Now, I do hope to have something special for you dedicated podcast listeners coming in the coming weeks, but no official episode until the new year. To those of you that are tuned in right now, I hope you get to enjoy uh, your holiday season so, so much. Get to spend it with friends family and loved ones all three of the above in the most preferable way 
thank you so much for listening. You can find older episodes of the Penguins podcast on the team SoundCloud page or on iTunes. If you see us on iTunes, uh, rate us, review us, give us five stars if you feel so inclined. Also, tell your friends if you like what you hear here on the Penguins podcast. Spread the word. Let the people know what's going on. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you again for another episode in the new year. Yeah.